June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Good morning to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. I'm Gail King with Anthony Mason and Tony DeCopel. Let's begin with the big news. What's happening in Georgia today is runoff day in Georgia with control of the U.S. Senate hanging in the balance. You can see right there, people are already lined up, ready to cast their ballots after millions voted early. And the races at this point are still too close to call, could go either way with Republicans trying to keep their seats. Senator David Perdue is facing John Ossoff. Senator Kelly Loeffler is up against Reverend Raphael Warnock. Today's historic votes come after rallies yesterday from President Trump and President-elect Biden. Both candidates touched on drastically different themes. Mark Strassman is in Atlanta. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Anthony. Big day here today, of course, especially for Republicans. Democrats seem to get more of the three million early votes cast in this runoff. So Republicans need their folks to show up today if they're going to hang on to Georgia's two U.S. Senate seats. And Republican leaders have to hope that President Trump's last minute rally uh, last night helped more than it hurt. Our country is depending on you. The whole world is watching the people of Georgia tomorrow. So today, tomorrow, Vote. Make sure your voice is heard. In dueling rallies, President Trump and President-elect Biden did seem to agree on one thing, the importance of Georgia's elections. Show up and vote them out. Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff are the Democrats hoping to unseat GOP incumbents Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. Both races will determine which party controls the Senate, and the candidates are spending record money to get voters' attention. Each Democratic candidate raised more than $100 million in two months, compared to more than $60 million each for the Republicans. Vote! 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 Mr. Biden campaigned for the Democrats yesterday, using the rally to slam President Trump's response to the COVID pandemic. I don't know why he still wants the job. He doesn't want to do the work. While President Trump spent most of his nearly 90 minutes on stage repeating his false claims about election fraud here. There's no way we lost Georgia. There's no way. The rigged, that was a rigged election. He promised to keep fighting. If the liberal Democrats take the Senate and the White House, and they're not taking this White House, we're going to fight like hell, I'll tell you right now. The president's Georgia trip came a day after the release of a stunning audio tape, a phone call in which he is heard pressuring Georgia's Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to reverse the results of the state's presidential election. I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. On the call, Raffensperger refused the president's demands and told CBS Evening News anchor and managing editor Nora O'Donnell there's no reason to doubt today's election results either. The machines are safe, secure, and we're going to have an accurate election count. We'll know who won this race. 
Both races are considered close, and Democrats need to win both to seize control of the Senate. Gail? Mark, thank you. Georgia's Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan joins us now to talk about the election today. Good to see you again, Lieutenant Governor. Let's start right away picking up on Mark's piece about turnout today. There is some concern that the president's rhetoric could hurt the turnout today. What are you thinking? Well, I certainly have been disappointed about the rhetoric, as, as you just mentioned. Uh, it has not been helpful to talk about election fraud and, and fan the flames on the misinformation. But I've got to give Kelly Leffler and David Perdue credit. They have worked hard. They have been consistently out there every single day. Uh, even in quarantine, David Perdue has been trying to work hard to get voter turnout. And so, look, we just got to remind Georgia voters uh, to show up and, and continue to elect conservatives. That, that's, that's all we can do right now. But what should voters be aware of as they go to the polls today? Last night, the president held a rally. Again, more baseless claims, claiming fraud, that it was rigged. He seems to be threatening and bullying people to really do his bidding for him. What do you want voters to know, Georgia voters to know, as they go to the polls today about their election? Yeah, you know, look, here in Georgia, all eight statewide constitutional officers are Republicans. We've got Republican majorities in the state house and the state Senate, uh, and, and voters have been with us for a long time. Uh, I want to just remind them that conservative leadership is where we're at here in Georgia, and uh, it's our future. And uh, David and Kelly have been great, uh, gr great to work with, and they've certainly represented our conservative values. That's what I want to remind them of. All this other sideshow stuff, all this misinformation uh, is not helpful. Uh, it, it, isn't, uh, it isn't on message for certain. Uh, but, you know, it's the hand we've been dealt with. Yes, you called it a sideshow and misinformation, but it's landing for a lot of people who are believing what the president is saying. The president has called you out. He has called your governor out. He has made it clear that he's going to campaign against your governor. I know last time you were here, and I keep thinking about it, you mentioned your three sons. What are you telling your children? Because the children are watching. When the president of the United States is bullying you, bullying your governor, calling you, uh, making disparaging comments and questioning your integrity. What do you say to your own children at this point? Well, it's been a great opportunity in our own household, right? I've got uh, two teenagers and a 10-year-old, uh, and, uh, you know, they get to watch Dad come home, who every day tells them, hey, always do the right thing. It's never, it's never the wrong thing. And they get to watch Dad come home and, and, and put that on display for him. Even if the president disagrees with me, the president of the United States disagrees with where I'm at and what I'm doing. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to do the right thing. But it's more than day. disagreeing, though, Lieutenant Governor Duncan. It's more than disagreeing. The president of the United States is not being truthful. There's a big difference between disagreeing and not being truthful. Yeah, I think any Republican that's using this election fraud and all this misinformation, and this includes the president, it's simply just an excuse. Uh, and it doesn't help us get to the next level. And to me, the next level as a Republican is to try to figure out a way to win back the White House in 2024. Did the president's phone call cross the line legally, in your opinion? I'm not an attorney, so I, I don't have the ability to kind of parse, parse the, the, the differences there. But what I will tell you, Gail, is I was extremely disappointed. I was extremely disappointed with the purpose of the call, the tone of the call. Uh, I can't imagine anybody on the president's staff was giving him advice before, during, and after that that was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I was proud of Brad Raffensperger's consistent response and continued to just look for every opportunity to follow the letter of the law. And, and certainly that's what he was hired to do by Georgians. Yeah, he has certainly done that. Is democracy at stake? Some people say it is. 
Well, it's certainly not our best foot forward at this point. But you know what, Gail, this is America, and, and I remind folks everywhere I go, January 20th, I have great news for Republicans. The Constitution will still be alive and well. We'll still have the opportunity to disagree and work against bad ideas. We'll have the opportunity to continue to, to figure out ways to get more you know, uh, majorities in other places. And we'll have an opportunity in 2024 to go back, back up to the plate and take a swing and see if we can win the White House back. All right, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, thank you. We'll all be watching today. Thanks, Gail. And in Washington, President Trump's attempts to hold on to power are driving a wedge into and possibly through the Republican Party. There is a widening rift between lawmakers over a plan to challenge the Electoral College vote tomorrow, normally a day of pomp and ceremony. Nancy Cordes has been covering all of it on Capitol Hill for us. Nancy, good morning to you. Good morning. Intentions are definitely rising ahead of this certification clash tomorrow. One of the leaders of the challenge effort, Missouri's Josh Hawley, says that protesters showed up at his Virginia home and threatened his family. Protest organizers deny that that happened. And so clearly there's a lot of drama surrounding a process that's normally a formality. This is about the integrity of our elections. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley cheered on a growing movement last night. Republicans who plan to contest the results tomorrow without evidence of fraud. I believe there are serious questions with respect to the presidential election. Despite attempts by Senate leader Mitch McConnell to talk them out of it, at least 13 GOP senators have joined the cause, including Georgia's Kelly Leffler, who spoke last night at a rally with the president on the eve of her special election. I will object to the electoral college vote. The effort has dismayed some Republicans, like Ohio's Rob Portman, who noted that not a single state found evidence of fraud or irregularities widespread enough to change the result of the election. Another Republican, West Virginia's Shelley Moore Capito, warned that refusing to count a state's electoral votes in the absence of such evidence would disenfranchise millions of American voters. Kevin Kramer of North Dakota agreed. I come from a red, small state. I don't want to have our votes overturned by other members of Congress from other places. I don't see in the Constitution where we even actually have that authority, quite honestly. But President Trump slammed Republicans like him yesterday, dubbing them the Surrender Caucus. People will remember the people that don't support us. He even upped the pressure on his own vice president, who will preside over tomorrow's joint session of Congress. I hope that our great vice president... Our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. Mr. Pence made it clear he won't disappoint. We'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But Vice President-elect Kamala Harris argued none of it will change the outcome. Let me just tell you something. We're going to be inaugurated, period. Here in Washington, more than 300 National Guard members have now been activated ahead of expected pro-Trump rallies tomorrow. And all D.C. police officers will be on duty as well because they're anticipating tens of thousands of people in the streets. 
Anthony. Nancy, thank you. The leader of the right-wing group, the Proud Boys, was arrested yesterday shortly after arriving in Washington, D.C. Henry Enrique Tarrio is facing destruction of property and weapons charges. He's accused of burning a Black Lives Matter banner at an historic black church last month. The FBI has described the Proud Boys as a far-right extremist group with ties to white nationalism. They are expected to turn out tomorrow as part of a Washington demonstration in support of President Trump as Congress plans to certify his election loss. The coronavirus is pushing many hospitals to their breaking point, and the vaccination effort is under pressure as well. People who wanted to get the vaccine lined up in Texas yesterday, and many counties there are now out of the vaccine. One hospital in Northern California had to move very fast to give out hundreds of doses that started thawing out after a power failure there. Our lead national correspondent, David Begnos, in Los Angeles, where the ambulances have been told not to transport the patients with virtually no chance of survival. Boy, David, I heard that and thought you would hate to be the patient that needs to get to the hospital and tell, nope, we're not taking you. Good morning to you. Think about that, Gail. Yeah. Good morning to you. That's what it's come to. They're now telling these ambulance drivers, don't even bring them. If they don't have a chance of survival, don't even transport them here. L.A. County is arguably the epicenter of the country when it comes to COVID. And Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital, where we are in South L.A., is the epicenter in the epicenter. Let me tell you this. They have 134 licensed beds. That's what they have approval for. You know how many COVID patients they have as of this morning? 164. Sean, take, take, take that live picture, if you will. We put a camera in the meditation room of the hospital this morning with their permission, of course, because they have no space left. They're using this to treat people who don't even have COVID. They are out of room. They're using corners and the chapel and the gift shop in the meditation room because they are out of pla pa uh, places to put patients, yet the ambulances keep showing up. Look at the lines to get tested in California and to get vaccinated in Florida. These are pictures of a pandemic spiraling out of control in most corners of the country. There are more than 4 million seniors living in Florida and they are overwhelming registration websites and hotlines in a rush to get immunized. We were here two and a half hours early because we figured there was gonna be a showdown. But the state of Florida has administered less than 25% of the doses it already received. Facing criticism for the slow pace, Governor Ron DeSantis issued this warning. Hospitals that do not do a good job of getting the vaccine out will have their allocations transferred to hospitals that are doing a good job. You know, concerns over the slow vaccination process have prompted some to suggest changes, like giving half doses of the Moderna vaccine to those between the ages of 18 and 55. But new this morning, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn cautioned against that writing in a statement suggesting changes to the FDA authorized dosing is premature and not rooted solidly in the available science. There's a fundamental concept here, take as directed. That is Dr. And Tom right Frieden. He's the former director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. He says the first way to speed up things is for the government to ship all available vaccines instead of holding half in a reserve for second dosing. Let's get the vaccine out, get first doses into people as the second doses are coming along. That's not saying let's change the regimen. Back here in Los Angeles County where we are, one person dies from COVID every 15 minutes. Narissa Black is a nurse at Henry Mayo Hall Hospital in Valencia, where the number of COVID patients jumped from 15 at the end of October to nearly 100 today. 
She's worried about the quality of care as doctors and nurses are being forced to take on more patients. This patient needs pain medication. This patient's oxygen level is dropping and this other patient now is, needs to go to the bathroom. If you cut our time short, what will we need to cut short? Let's talk about this new variant of the coronavirus. It's believed to be more contagious, but not more deadly. There are six variant cases here in California. One discovered as of yesterday in New York State. And Anthony, the variant first popped up in the UK. And as you know, they have now gone back into full lockdown in the United Kingdom. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.